proverbial know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thanks, everybody. Oh, my goodness. That's so kind of you. Thank you, Helen. How do you do? I'm very well, J. Keith. Thanks for asking. I'm uh, planning a trip to Turkey. Oh, our neighbor to the east. Yes. <laughs> I've never been. I literally know nothing about it, so I'm going to be doing a lot of Googling and lonely planet reading, I guess. Oh, that's an exciting uh, thing to do. Have you been to Turkey? I have not been to Turkey. Mm. I've been to many places, but not Turkey. Great. Are you inviting me to Turkey, Helen Hong? Uh, sure. Yeah, JK3, free May 18th. Let's go to Turkey. Oh my gosh, we might take the show on the road to Turkey. We should probably talk to Maximum Fun about that. Laura, can, you want to go to Turkey with us? Okay, we're going on the we're road. Why don't you come with us? Uh, note to listeners, we probably are not going to Turkey. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. First, let's get started and meet the first of today's guests. Helen, who is up first? She is an actress who can be seen on HBO's Vice Principals and TBS's The Last OG. It's Edie Patterson. Edie Patterson is here. And I am singing about her for some reason. Hi, Edie. Have a seat right here. Okay, great. Welcome, well, Edie. Hi. How Welcome. Are you? Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys. Now, on Vice Principals, you play a character named Mrs. Abbott. Miss Abbott. Oh, pardon me. Unmarried, oh. thank you. Oh, sorry. I'll, yeah. I'll start Don't over. marry her prematurely, yes, Jakey. Sorry, I, I was spoiling something from season three, aren't I? Ah, there's no season three. I'm spoiling a lot of things. <laughs> Apparently, I'm ruining my own show. Uh, <laughs> now, yeah. I, I've, I've seen some of the show, and there's a scene where you have a full-on fight with another lady. Yeah, a full-on fist fight in a bathroom. Have you ever, have you ever uh, had to shoot a fight scene before? Um... No, I've never shot a fight scene before. It was really interesting and very intense. Yeah. Did they have a stunt double for you? Yeah, they had a stunt double for both of us. Thank God. Yeah, because yeah. it was really like brawling. I mean, full on brawling like against porcelain and like, Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy. And luckily though, those two girls were amazing. The stunt and, performers. Yeah, and if someone said like, okay, so you sort of body tackle Georgia, the other girl into the wall, and I would go, um, can these girls show us how to do that so we don't <laughs> die yeah. from it? But yeah, they were they were awesome. So you I, got to I've do only, some of it. You got to do some of the. Yeah, we the got, we got to do a lot of it. All okay. all the like crazy stuff though. Well, yeah. now you have a big uh, background in improvisation. Yeah, you're, you're I a member love of the Groundlings. You also work mm -hmm. at a place here called uh, the Impro Theater. Impro Theater, yeah. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about that because you, they do a lot of very interesting formats. Uh, yeah, we do f with, we do full length improvised plays mm -hmm. like a full-length play with an intermission, and we have costumes and sets and everything. What? But um, it's all made up. Yeah, and, and, but always in a very specific style. Like, you've done an improvised yeah. Jane Austen mm -hmm. show. We do Jane Austen. We just did Twilight Zone. Um, we do L.A. Noir. We do Tennessee Williams. So you set Chekhov. the genre ahead of time. Yeah, because we do a, t a ton of studying. And mm -hmm. the costumes are of that genre. So it's not like you're just like make, you just like, oh, I guess I'm Eliz Elizabethan now, and you run backstage and you throw on a dress. No. You, we know the world and we've studied it, but we don't know anything that's going to happen. And we're not basing it on any real characters or real storylines. It's just, you know the rules of that world. And so what, what is the most challenging of the genres that you've done? Um, I think the most challenging for me is Shakespeare um, still because I still have like a I feel like every other style I can just talk before I know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. but Shakespeare, I still feel like I have to run it through a tiny filter and go, oh, yeah, there's a lot of vowels. But how would I say that? Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, hopefully you'll have a very similar experience tonight. Edie <laughs> Patterson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Helen, against whom will Edie be competing? He is a comedian and writer who guest stars on Crashing and is a co-producer of HBO's The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. It's Wayne Fetterman. Wayne yeah. Fetterman. Hi, Wayne. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> now, Wayne, uh, something people might not know about you is in addition to your life uh, as an entertainer, yeah. uh, you actually have been a lecturer or professor at USC. That is true. This is the new part. This is the new phase of my life. Tell us about that. How did that happen, and what, what is it that you teach? Well, it's slightly humiliating. 
I'm in for already because you you know the expression about those who can and all yeah. of that. So right. there's a, a little bit. And we, even when I was starting out, like the comedians that weren't good were like, oh, I'll be the driving instructor comedian, <laughs> yes. you know, those guys. So I've so always been hesitant. And there's, so apparently there's a comedy, there's another comedy boom happening, people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, students are really interested in stand-up. So they had a level one stand-up course that was taught by Craig Anton mm. at USC. And then he since got a, like a for real professor job at, in Georgia somewhere. So there was still a level one stand-up course and they were like, we need a level two. Who, know, who is like barely better than level one? <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Fetterman. So. Wait, are you teaching stand-up? Yes. Or are you teaching like the history of stand-up? Well, or? again, you can't really teach. No, you, you can't. Know, right. You can't really. So, um, I do both. I do both. They get, I try to get them up. The most important thing, and I told them the first day of class was like... Just get up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird how generational... Like, for them, like, Dimitri Martin's an old comedian. Mm. Oh, oh, my I know God. That, I know that sounds weird, but if you think about it, like, a comedian from the 90s is like, what? Right. Wow. This guy's still doing it? And it's like... Like, forget the Marx Brothers. Right. Like, they're, they're, it's not even on their radar. It's do they horrible. even, do these kids even know who Gary Shandling is? Barely, <gasps> barely. Wow. Yeah, they barely oh, know dear. who he You know what the problem is? It's and these, this is the level two? These are people who've gotten through. <laughs> <laughs> these are people who made it through level one. These are people that Craig Anton passed on to you. Oh. <laughs> so it's his fault. <laughs> well, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside of your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Right. Uh, let's go through these. Edie, uh, your first topic you said was the lost Boys. Ooh. Sure, why not? <laughs> what, what, what is it that uh, you love about the movie The Lost Boys? Um, I just, as a very little kid, thought it was awesome. Felt like it was life-alteringly cool. There's one very, um, like, ugh, kind of off-putting sex scene. But other than that, it's dope coming and going. All right, very oh. good. Uh, your other topic you said is Mid-South Wrestling from the 1980s. Yeah, Houston Wrestling. Houston Wrestling. Which wow. I was also very into as a very little kid. And uh, I was super drawn to like the good guy versus bad guy element. Who, who would you root for in those scenarios? Always the good guy. Always the good guy. Yeah, but I, I don't even know fighting yeah. the bad guy. Uh, give us a little background. I don't because... even know what this is. So yeah. it's like it's like WWE Junior? I don't even totally know what WWE is. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like, it was local wrestling. Local wrestling in the Mid-South oh. region. Yeah. Oh. But televised. That's how I knew of it. What? Yeah. Fair enough. And then your yeah. final topic you said was Howard Stern's Sirius XM radio show, since 2010. Yes, because okay. that's, that's when I got a car that had Sirius in it. <laughs> and what do you love so much about that show? Why do you know so much? Mostly the interviews are the best mm. on the planet yeah. ever. He don't hold back. Yeah, any, anyone. Even if he says who he's having on and I go, mm, I don't really care about that person. An hour later, I'm like not getting out of my car right. to finish listening to it. Yeah, it's just... Um, Infinitely entertaining, I think. Excellent. Yeah. All right. And Wayne, your topics are also very uh, diverse. Uh, your first one you said was you know a lot about Best Picture Oscar winners. I, uh, when I was a kid, this was something I would watch with my mom, the Academy Awards. So it was like, I just was something I was always interested in, like wh- wh- who won and that's it. And then you don't have to go back that much further from the 70s. So I know like the whole history of it. Wow. Fair enough. So All it was right. like a family tradition at your house. A little bit. Well, all, right. all right, we get it. Uh, another topic you said you know a lot about is Midwest wrestling. Oh, I didn't have that one down. Oh, that's unfortunate. No, no, you told us you told us drummers who sing while drumming. Oh, of course. Yes. Now, can you give us some examples of that? Well, right off the top of my head is. Um, well, it was Ringo Starr used to sing, you know, yeah. um, they're going to put me in the movies, but it's uh, Act Naturally. And mm-hmm. so, and then there was a band, like a knockoff band called the Monkees, and their drummer was incredible. Yeah. He would sing. And then there was this duo called the Carpenters, and before they, they brought her out, she, was, she would sing behind the drum kit. So I've always been fascinated, obviously, if you've seen the movie, not the movie, the video to Hotel California, Don mm-hmm. Henley's singing. I was just, I don't know, I'm just fascinated by drummers mm-hmm. to sing. Uh, and then finally you said you know a lot about fast food. Yes, and this is, I know the most about. <laughs> this is the category I am, um, I know every history of every fast food restaurant. What? 
I know. Yeah, from the beginning, the McDonald's, that movie. There was a couple of mistakes in that movie. What? I, Wait, I'm going to nail this. Because you eat when it all you the time? Ask me anything, because I, yeah. Uh. And I eat fast food all the time, even though I look as healthy as I do. <laughs> <laughs> the key is don't eat the fries. That's the key. That's all right. Key. Well, perhaps we will ask you about that, because later on we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of these topics. But first, right. we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. Okay. We've got one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. Now, if either of you give an incorrect answer, the other person does have a chance to steal. Here we go. Your subjects today, birth and death. Mm -hmm. We're covering it all here on Vigo Fact Yourself. Mm -hmm. Up first, Edie with birth. Great. Edie, they both help women give birth, but what is the difference between a doula and a midwife? So I know a midwife is the person who comes over to your house and helps you, like, get the baby out of you. Helps, the baby, um, helps you get the baby out of you. Yeah. Okay. Like, physically, I think, helps you get the baby out of you. And I think a doula is someone who um, more just, like, makes makes the, um, the whole thing nice and makes you, <laughs> okay. like gets your head right with it. They're more like a, um, a coach, oh. a mental coach. A mental coach. Yeah, the, the midwife is going to pull it out of you while the doula is telling you, like, you're doing great. Oh, okay. So, ah. so, so, you, so you, there are scenarios where there is both a doula and a midwife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. All both. the time. All right. Oh. Do you have children of your own, by the way? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Helen has noted that answer. We don't know yet if Edie is correct. Wayne, if you don't think she's got it exactly right, you can steal the points. Uh, do you think she's got it exactly right? No, she doesn't have it. Right. <laughs> All right, why don't, you, uh, why don't you give us the correct answers? The correct is, is answer is a midwife is someone who delivers the baby, almost like a doctor, but with no degree or any education in bringing out <laughs> Okay. So pulls no, it out. No, not sanctioned. You. Yes, does she, you got that right. Still okay. yanks out the baby. And the doula is not the person that keeps you calm during the pregnancy. It's the person that gets the wet towels. <laughs> the person that gets the wet towels versus the person right. who is untrained. I don't know what, why they need wet towels in whenever, <laughs> okay. but I've seen that in a lot of movies. <laughs> And by the way, Wayne, do you have any children? So I obviously don't have Okay, great. A perfect topic for this panel. Uh, all right, it is time to deliver the end of this segment. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A doula helps a mother-to-be through the process of pregnancy oh. as a birthing coach, training the pregnant woman, and often being at the birth, helping with non-medical practices <laughs> like breathing, massage, and body positions. A doula can offer comfort and advocacy for the pregnant woman. Woman. A midwife might do many of these same things, but a midwife is also licensed to perform certain medical procedures during the birthing process. These include administering pain medication, conducting gynecological exams, giving epidurals, and performing episiotomy. That's right. So if you need medical procedures or additional wet towels, Call the midwife. Right. <laughs> All right. So what does that mean as far as our scoring goes, Helen? I think that I'm going to give Edie two points. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. I agree with that. She did say the word coach for doula, and she also did say gets the baby out. Gets that which, baby out. You know, I think, awesome. yeah. Which really is the key task, I think, yeah. if, sure, you're, if you're calling anyone. All right. Uh, up next, Wayne, your subject today, death. Wayne. Yes. <laughs> Wayne, while they both put people six feet under, what is the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery? I mean, obviously, a cemetery is a location where marked stones are and bodies underneath, <laughs> unless they're stolen, but uh, uh, reside uh -huh. until we forget about those people. And then it's... And then... <laughs> a graveyard? Yes. I, you know, obviously I thought a graveyard would be a cemetery, but now that I'm thinking of it, mm -hmm. is a graveyard is a place where there are not marked stones. Where there are not marked stones? Yes. Okay, just interesting. A, there's just graves in a yard, no stones. So, so in other words, kids playing in a park could actually be at a graveyard and not even know it. Now that you're saying it like that, it seems absurd, my answer. But uh, it's we, so possible. We could be over a graveyard right now. That's true. <laughs> You built a brewery on a graveyard! Oh, no! Uh, all right, we have Wayne's answer. We don't know yet if he's correct. We uh, know he's not correct. Well, <laughs> we, technically, about? we don't know which way he's not correct. Uh, Edie, if you think he's incorrect, you can try to steal. What do you think? Um, a cemetery is a place that has um, uh, uh, mark stones. Okay. <laughs> this sounds familiar so far. Yes. 
But they also have like um, mausoleums and mm -hmm. stuff. Sure. And I think a graveyard just has, you know, headstones and little crosses and... I think the difference is those buildings where it's multiple bodies. Okay, so the difference is the mixed use yeah. of the, uh, <laughs> yeah, of the that area. Sounds, that sounds right yeah. to me. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, this segment must die, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Both graveyards and cemeteries are places where the dearly departed are buried. The word cemetery can apply to any place of burial, and the word dates back to the ancient Greek word koimaterian, which means resting place. A graveyard is a type of cemetery. The word graveyard is a much newer word. It dates to the mid-1700s and denotes a place next to a church Ooh. where there are graves. The graveyard is a subsection of a churchyard. So unless it's associated with a church and located on church grounds, it should properly be called a cemetery. Yes, but either way, both of them, a great place to make out. All right, so what does that mean as far okay. as our points, Helen? I never knew that. That's good. Um, I'm going to say that Wayne got one point yes. for, be for being correct on cemetery. It is a location with marked stones and bodies. And polite applause for Wayne. Yeah. Everyone knows what a cemetery yes. is. Yeah, graveyard. You didn't get quite right, but no. yeah, one point for you, Wayne. All right, so what does that mean at the end of our first round, Helen? After the first round, Edie Patterson has two points and Wayne Fetterman has one point. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hello, are you looking for a new comedy podcast? In which case, can I draw your attention to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast? It's a fictional industry podcast for the beef and dairy industries. It won Best Comedy at the 2017 British Podcast Awards, and it features wonderful guests such as Greg Davis. To my knowledge, it's the only cow circus that's ever existed in this country. In rural Russia, every small town has a cow circus. Josie Long. You should have a beef. Have a beef with them. I have a beef with you. I will have a beef with you. Come round my house and I'll have a beef with you. And Andy Daly. That virus never existed. There was never any such thing as a mad cow disease. That was all a, a, an illusion that uh, Big Lamb came up with. That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts from. And I would recommend starting at episode one. Bye. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Edie Patterson with two points and Wayne Fetterman with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Edie Patterson, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the movie The Lost Boys, Mid-South Wrestling from the 1980s, and Howard Stern's Sirius XM show since 2010. Yep. Today, we want to talk to you about... Mid-South Wrestling from the 1980s! Great. Wow. Sounds good. Great. <laughs> we could just make up facts about this, and I think half of us would be like, okay. Uh, uh, well, let's get to it. Uh, well, first of all, you, you mentioned earlier that you watched it as a little girl. Tell us a little bit more about how is it that you know so much about Mid-South Wrestling. Yeah, I was super into it as a very little kid, and whenever I got to ask for... Um, if I got to, if I got asked, what do you want to do for your birthday? Mm. My request would be, Kim, can I go to wrestling with my dad? Wow. <laughs> and did that wish ever come fulfilled? Yeah, like two or three times. Oh, no you way. actually went and saw it in person. Yeah. What was that like? What did you learn from seeing it in person that you didn't get from watching amazing. it on TV? Amazing. It was amazing in person because there was this part of this back area where you could stand and watch them come out or come in, mm -hmm. and you could stand there and like have your program and have them autograph it. What? Um, yeah, and as a tiny kid, that was like mind-blowing. Do you remember who giants. you saw or who you got autographs from? Yeah, Rock and Roll Express, man, the Fantastics. What? Yeah. Yeah, we got some fans here. Did you have friends, especially other girls, who were into this as well? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, I was really, really young. Um, but yeah, no other girls were into this. And it was just mostly like my cousin Brent. And I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Did, were your parents concerned that this was a weird obsession of yours? No, they th they thought it was funny, and my dad liked to take me because uh, one time we sat close up, and um, there was a guy named Doctor Death fighting my favorite guy who was Hacksaw Duggan, and um, they were having this thing like a glove match, and there was like a spiked glove. What? At the top of this um, mm -hmm. one of the poles. 
and you had to like beat the crap out of the other guy and then climb the pole to get the glove with spikes on it. What? And then you would just <laughs> beat oh the other guy till he was all bloody. And as a tiny, tiny girl on the second row, I was screaming at him and pointing to the point that he stopped climbing the pole and yelled back at me. And my dad, like to this day, thought that was so funny. But, it is funny, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, just, I amazing. just loved that it was good guys and bad guys. I loved it. Well, and the way you describe it, it does sound awesome. Yeah, it was, I wanna go amazing. right now. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you continue to follow it uh, as you grew up? No, I got a little older and then it's, it actually went away <sighs> and um, at that point of when that would come on, it started being like regular giant national wrestling, like yeah. WWF. Right. And and I, I just wasn't as interested at that How point. How come? What, what was different about the WWF versus the Mid-South? I don't know. It felt all too, it did feel all big and slick and fake. And I, before I felt like I was watching my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's adorable. All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Mid-South wrestling uh, to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question worth up to three points. But Great. before that, to let you show your love and show off, here are five trivia questions on the topic, each worth one point. Great. Now, if you want, you're allowed a hint for any two of these questions. Now, Wayne, listen closely, because if Edie gets any of them wrong, and you know the correct answer you can steal. By the way, how much do you know about Mid-South Wrestling from the 1980s? Well, I can't say I know a lot, um, but... <laughs> Fair enough. Here we go, Edie, question number one. Edie, mm -hmm. perhaps the greatest star of Mid-South Wrestling was a wrestler who held the Louisiana Championship three times, the Tag Team Championship eight times, and the North American Championship four times. His name was Sylvester Ritter, but he wrestled under a name taken from a lyric in the song Bad Bad Leroy Brown. What was it? I'm just going to go hard and say um, Junkyard Dog. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. For the point. Better than old King Kong, meaner wow. than a Junkyard Dog. All right, you're one for one. Here's question number two. One of the most famous matches in Mid-South Wrestling's history happened after Junkyard Dog was blinded with hair cream <gasps> by, by Freebird Michael Hayes. While still blind, Junkyard Dog wrestled Michael Hayes in a steel cage dog collar match, what? a spectacle that drew 28,000 fans to what venue? Uh, the Houston Coliseum. Helen, is it the Houston Coliseum? It is not. No, I'm terribly no. sorry. Wayne with a chance to steal. I'm going to go with the Houston Astrodome. Was it the Astrodome, it Helen? It was not the Astrodome. No, it was the Superdome in New Orleans. New Orleans oh. Superdome. Oh. But I have to say, I've Stupid. never had as much fun leading up to a real question. Real question. <laughs> Many things I did not know about uh, this topic. I'm, I'm already stuck on the hair cream. Blinded yeah. by hair cream. Blinded with hair cream. Kids, <laughs> wow. there's a lesson in there. Please, if you get blinded by hair cream, stop wrestling. All right, question number three. Let's see if you can bounce back with this one. Yeah. Originally let's... hired as a referee in 1974, <laughs> who became a commentator for Mid-South in 1977 until its end in 1987 and became iconic for idioms like slobber knocker, tougher than a $2 steak, and whipped like a government mule? Um, okay, I've got two guesses in my head. Okay. One is like the face of Houston wrestling or mm -hmm. like the spokesman, his name was Paul Bosch, and he used to be a wrestler or something because he had these giant ears that looked like cauliflower. And I remember asking my dad, like, why are his ears like that? <laughs> I, I feel like Jim McMahon was in the mix of this mm -hmm. at some point. You do have two hints. You do have two hints available, available if you'd like to use one of them. Yeah, I would like to use one. All right, Helen, how about a hint? He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame and continues to do wrestling commentary. Jim McMahon. Helen, is it Jim McMahon? It is not Jim Not Jim McMahon. McMahon. Wayne with a chance to steal. No, this is easy. It's Anderson Cooper. Ah. Is it Anderson Cooper? It is shockingly not No, Anderson I'm sorry. Cooper. No, it was not Jim McMahon, quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Uh, it was, in fact, Jim Ross. Jim Ross was his name. Uh, by the way, fun Great. fact, Jim Ross developed his own barbecue sauce and beef jerky, currently available for sale on his website. Well, let's pick some of that up. All right, fair enough. All right, let's see if you can do uh, what you can do with this one. Number four, wrestler Terry Allen sported a mustache that gave him an uncanny resemblance to Tom Selleck, and he became a star in Mid-South Wrestling under what name? Uh, I'll take I a hint. All right, how about that hint, Helen? It's adapted from Tom Selleck's most famous role. So, something to do with Magnum P.I. Magnum? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the dude's name is Magnum. Right, his name is Terry Allen, just as a reminder, wrestler Terry Allen. Screw it. I'm going to go with Terry Taylor because I thought he was cute. 
So Terry Taylor is the answer? Yeah, because you're, from... you're saying Terry Allen, but I'm in my head, I'm like, Magnum P.I., right. Jake the Snake. Mm, let's go Jake the Snake. Okay, taking that hint and saying Jake the Snake. Helen? Not Jake the Snake. No, I'm sorry, it's not Jake the Snake. Wayne with a chance to okay, steal. Okay, I am just, this is a crazy guess. Yeah. But I'm going to guess Terry Magnum. Was it Terry Magnum? Not Terry Magnum. Not Terry, Terry Magnum. Allen P.I. No. Uh, I want to keep guessing. Kind of close. Nope. You, got, you, were, you were a little more on the right track, Wayne. It was Magnum T.A. Uh, Magnum T.A. Teacher assistant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to give you the hint to the hint, but there you go. All right, this one, oh, I think you have a very good chance of getting. Here's question number five. I have a good feeling about this one for you. Great. Mid-South wrestlers Butch Reed and Jim Duggan each had the same nickname. To prove who deserved to keep it, they fought each other in the ring in October of 1983. What nickname did they both share? So that fight was before my time, but without a doubt, Hacksaw. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Hacksaw is right. Jesus. Wow. That was incredible. Confidence. Very good. All right, now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. Great. It's time for your cluster fact. Ooh. My favorite part of the show. This is going to be so easy. Okay. Well, this question is high level, so we are bringing on an expert to assess your response, and the answer is worth up to three points. Here we go. Mid-South Wrestling, of course, wasn't just about the guys in the ring. Oftentimes, the managers would interfere. We want you to give us the names of these three colorful managers. First, who is the Middle Eastern general who assembled an army that included the one-man gang, Killer Khan, and Kamala, the Ugandan giant? The Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik. Helen is taking note of that name. All right. Second, who was the bald-headed manager of the great Kabuki who shared his name with a 1980s presidential candidate? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there such a thing as pass and come back? Yes, you can come back to that great. if you like. And finally, third... Your question is this. Uh, this legendary manager raised such ire and anger that he's bragged that over 100 people have willingly gone to jail in order to have the chance to physically assault him. <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's go on that other one, on the second one. Mm -hmm. This guy's a wrestler, so this is the wrong name, but let's go with Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase, sharing yep. his name with a 1980s presidential <laughs> candidate. All right, right, and let's go back then. Then who was the fellow who was so uh, disliked by some people that he bragged that over 100 people willingly went to jail just so they could have the opportunity to take a swing at him? Um, let's go on that one with Jim McMahon. With Jim McMahon. <laughs> yep. All right. Helen I'm just has... going to keep saying him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have noted the answers, and we have an expert on hand who can tell us the correct ones for sure. Helen, who do we have? Here with us tonight via Skype from Louisville, Kentucky, we have a wrestling historian, commentator, podcaster, and manager of Mid-South Wrestling, Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jim, are you there? Thank you. I am, I am here. Thank you. Thank you Can so you, much. This is a, the greatest show I've ever heard. I just want to say that. Oh, thank you so oh. much. You know what? I, I can't believe we waited until now to have someone by phone knowing it would start with someone saying that how much they liked us. I've been, I've been laughing my head off. I have been entertained highly by the... I've been listening to the whole program. First of all, to be on with Helen Hunt, I loved you and Mad About You. And it was... Thank you. Jim, I've Thank got some you. bad news for you, but my, I don't want to... I'm going to wait till the end. My career has really taken a tumble since then, huh? Yes. And I want to say, and by the way, I want to explain a couple of things. She, Edie, in all fairness to Edie, she is converging Jim Ross, the announcer, and Vince McMahon, the owner of the WWE. That's There's right. right. Mm. Jim McMahon. Yeah, right. I'm just now realizing I'm saying Jim McMahon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon is who I mean. Yeah. At Edie, I am going to, and I'm going to identify myself to you because I, now I've, that I've identified your era, I'm the guy with the tennis racket that was beating the Rock and Roll Express over the head. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the corner of the Midnight Express, and I'm sure you probably wrote me a death threat in crayon. I probably, <laughs> with some misspelled words. Now, Jim, yeah, and, 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 and I've got some, oh, go one more thing. I'm going to give Edie an out here because I am the expert. Yes, but... She said she was an expert on 80s Mid-South wrestling, but she grew up in Houston, and therefore that gives yeah. her an asterisk, because while Mid-South wrestling was a regional pro wrestling promotion that was had TV broadcasts and live events in Louisiana and Mississippi, Arkansas and Oklahoma, 
Houston Wrestling, under the promoter Paul Bosch, had had been operating with a different set of Texas of wrestlers. Oh, in that's what happened, Edie. Wow. That merged with Mid South Wrestling, so Edie would have missed a, a few of the people that were asked about because Houston didn't jump on the bandwagon till later. So, Edie, that's your story, and you're sticking to. Oh, it. I'm I'm sticking to that hard because this whole time I've been like, why do I have? Why have I never heard that name? Oh, all right. <laughs> Now, Jim, you heard Edie discuss the, uh, the the event that she went to and, and the, the crawl up a pole to get a spiked glove. <laughs> is, is that the craziest thing that would have happened at any of these matches? Oh, no. No, okay. no way. What, what, what would have been? What were some of the crazier things that you were involved with? We had a match one time in, in the Sam Houston Coliseum there uh, where it was the Midnight Express, my tag team against the Rock and Roll Express, and to prevent me from interfering and whacking Ricky Morton over the head with, with my tennis racket, uh, they put me in a a cage, like you know, like one of those shark cages where you're in the cage. They yeah, the, absolutely. Well, I was in a shark cage, no, no. but they th- they threw a rope over a pulley in the roof of the Sam Houston Coliseum and had three of the stagehands pull me 25 feet in the air wow. during the match so that I couldn't interfere. And they used a real rope rather than cable. Oh, so, oh no. So every time that the rope will stretch, it was that instant imperceptible millisecond of, oh, I'm going, oh. Oh, I'm going constantly, and the rope is stretching. I'm screaming, hurry, hurry. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jim, tell us a little about what you're doing nowadays. I know you've got a podcast and uh, some memorabilia that, uh, that you deal in as well. Well, yeah, I do a little bit of everything, but I do podcast to the millions of Cult of Cornette members uh, on a weekly basis on the Jim Cornette Experience and a secondary program where I answer the viewer mail that I am sent called Corny's Drive-Thru. But for anything related to me, it all starts with jimcornette.com. If you go to my website, jimcornette.com, then you can be directed to the podcast. You can be directed to some of my columns that I write for Fighting Spirit magazine over the United Kingdom. You can be directed to Cornette's Collectibles, where I have a literal plethora of merchandise available uh, for the Cult of Cornette members and wrestling, classic wrestling aficionados in general. And uh, so much, man, I've got a comic book uh, we're, we're going to be starting this year with IDW Publishing. And uh, also, you can pick me up on the fillings in your teeth, folks. I'm just I'm saturating, <laughs> I'm saturating the airwaves. I don't know what to, but Edie, you have, Edie, get your people to get together with my people because i gotta, I got to send you a T-shirt and oh, possibly oh, Bobby Fulton's. And Edie's Bobby Fulton's phone number may be in there also. You know? <laughs> All right, Jim, let's get to the reason that uh, we have you calling in tonight. Uh, you heard the questions that we asked Edie. Helen, let's remind everyone of the answers. First, we asked Edie, uh, who was the Middle Eastern general who assembled an army that included the one-man gang, Killer Khan and Kamala, the Ugandan giant? Helen, what did Edie say? Edie said the Iron Sheik. And Jim, is that correct? That, that is not correct. <laughs> Oh, okay. it, it, no. it, was, yeah. it was General Skandor Akbar, yes. but once again, that was before that Houston became a part of Mid-South Wrestling. Okay, so she's off the hook for that one. All right, she's sec- off the hook. Yeah, secondly, we asked uh, Edie, the bald-headed manager of the great Kabuki, who shared his name with a 1980s presidential candidate. Helen, who did Edie say that presidential <laughs> candidate was? <laughs> Edie said Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Jim? <laughs> Uh, Ted DiBiase was a great wrestler, but that was not the answer to that particular question. It, instead, it was Playboy Gary Hart. Oh. Playboy Gary Hart. But yes. once again, pre-Houston. Oh, okay. Yes. Again, off the hook. Finally, we asked Edie, who was the legendary manager that raised such ire and anger that he bragged that over 100 people had willingly gone to jail in order to have the chance to physically assault him? Helen, what did Edie say? Edie said Jim McMahon. And we'll... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we do need to take a moment to take that in. And... Uh, Jim, who was the correct answer to that? That, that unfortunately, was me instead. And, <laughs> and Edie, and I sabotaged her because when, we, 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 when you asked the questions, I said, well, my God, if she's gotten Akbar and she's gotten Gary Hart, I can only be the only one left, so you got to make it a little harder for her. So all right, so I that really was Jim's fault, is what you're okay. saying. It was, it was all my fault. <laughs> I'll take it. I, Thanks, I, Jim. I, I, I Very good. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Jim. If, again, if people want to find you, they can go to jimcornette.com. Mr. Jim Cornette. All right, Helen, let's get a score recap after this part of the show. After that round, Edie Patterson has four points, and Wayne Fetterman has one point with a round of questions coming up. That's right, we're going to talk with Wayne about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Wayne and Edie will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself! (laughs) 
Welcome everyone to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Edie Patterson with four points and Wayne Fetterman with one point. Once again, here's Jake Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Mr. Wayne Fetterman, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Best Picture Oscar winners, drummers who sing while drumming, and fast food. Tonight, we're going to ask you about Best Picture Oscar winners. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit more about uh, how it is you've come to know so much about Oscar winners and what you like so much about Oscar winning films. Well, it's not, obviously, the Oscar winner for Best Picture is not always the best picture right. of that year, but one, I like that it's called Pictures. Mm. Like, I like that that tradition continues. And two, I just, I just, you get a sense of what the country was into at that time. Mm. And so, I, you know, I'm like into the 30s and 40s, like way before I was born, like what they were, mm -hmm. you know, those flicks and how they reflect society. It's boring, but no, it's, that's it's, what it's I It's cool. Uh, it's like anthropological. A little bit, a little bit. A little yeah. bit. And, I, and it's, just something, it's just something I've been watching for a long time. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I, I think. How many of the Best Picture winners have you seen? I think I've seen, I, of them, so what, it started in the early 30s. I don't know, maybe 90% of them. Okay, wow. yeah, that's very good. Like, the, the, the one I haven't seen that's the most recent is uh, a movie called A Man for All Seasons, which won Best Picture in 1966. And so I was like, I've just never seen it. Okay, but it's 67 never, on, you're, you're covered. I think I'm pretty good for 67 wow. on, yeah. Just ahead, we're gonna enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Best Picture Oscar winners okay. to test your mastery. But uh, here to show off our five trivia questions about the topic. Okay, here, the we here we and go. And again, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Now, okay. Edie, of course. Can I have just a question about the hints? Yes. What if it's for the same question? Can I get a better hint if the first one doesn't? You can try. So that's a no. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, Edie, of course, if Wayne is wrong about any of these, you have a chance to steal. By the way, how much do you know about Best Picture Oscar winners? I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm going I'm to be, be great at this. Okay. <laughs> oh. Terrific. Okay. And now, just everyone, to be clear, everyone knows these movies. It's not. Yeah. It's not now, like just to be clear, obscure movies. Now, just to be clear, these are not necessarily Houston Best Picture Oscar winners. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure we got a little confused before. All right. Here we go, Wayne. Here's your first question about Best Picture Oscar winners. Let's do it. Let's do it. Two Best Picture winners hold the record for the shortest title at just four letters each. Name one of them. GG. Helen. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> The other one, of course, is Argo. Argo also won oh, Best right, Picture. Right, right. Fun fact, they both have a G as the third letter. <laughs> also a fun fact, I don't know which facts are fun. <laughs> All right, here we go, question number two, Wayne. Yeah. Dick Cavett appeared in two Oscar-winning oh Best God. Pictures as himself, 17 years apart. Name one of them. Oh, Annie Hall. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Uh, the other one was Forrest Gump. Oh, the Forrest worst. Gump. Okay. Yes. Now, fun um, fact, in Forrest Gump, it wasn't just manipulating old footage was, and inserting Tom Hanks. He actually reshot uh, some, oh, of that, some of that yeah, interview and patched right. it in. Okay. Yes, that when, is a fun fact. That is you. great. That is All right. Yeah. We're, we're back with a fun fact. This is a big yeah. category, guys. That was yeah. a fact a that category. I was actually like, wow. Yeah, how about that? Uh, all right, here we go. Wayne, you're two for two. Here's number three. Four movies that have a hyphen in the title have been nominated for Best Picture. Only one of them won. Which one? I'll take a hint. Helen, how about a hint? We are recording the show on Easter Sunday, and appropriately, this movie is being shown tonight at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. <laughs> I, I, I pass. He passes, all right. Helen is passing correct. Passing is not correct. <laughs> no, but still very dignified, don't you think? I have a guess. Uh, Edie with a chance to steal. 
Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. That's not right. Where's the hyphen in that? <laughs> Between Jesus and Christ. <laughs> so in Jesus other words, Dash Christ. That's right, because his parents were married, and <laughs> so they hyphenate Jesus and Christ. Can you Helen, give me the year? Can you give me the year? Helen, was that correct, first of all? That was not correct. Not correct. Actually, it is Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur oh, from 1959. Yeah. Ben-Hur, guys. Ben-Dash. I forgot I that. Hyphen. William Wyler directed that. Okay. <laughs> Showing tonight Damn at the Aero it. Theater. Let's see if you can bounce back with this one. Number four. Before The Artist, what was the last movie entirely in black and white to win Best Picture? The Apartment. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. The Apartment. No, Mar- uh, the Apartment received the Oscar at the 33rd Academy Awards, and as of course you probably figured out, though Schindler's List was mostly in black and white, it did have some color sequences. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh. All right. All right. Not, finally, number five, Wayne. What not, is the... And I have a hint left, You right? do have a hint remaining. I do. Okay. You might want to use it on this one. Or just, you know, sell it to a friend in the black all market. Right, all right. Here we go, number five. What is the only film to win Best Picture without receiving nominations in any other category? Wayne, leaning back, looking <laughs> to the sky. I'm gonna, all right, let's do the hint. Let's do Helen, the hint. how about that hint? It was based on a play which was based on a German novel. I hope that narrows it down. According to our research, it happened once. And if you can tell us the name of the movie, you will get it Okay, correct. I'm going to say something crazy. Wings. Was it Wings? It was not Wings. No, I'm sorry, Wayne. This is difficult, but Edie, you have a chance to steal. The only movie that's in my head I think would have been in the foreign category, but I'm just going to say Das Boot. Was it Das Boot? <laughs> it was not no, Das Boot. No, it was Boot. Grand Hotel. Grand Hotel. Uh, of course. Of course, okay, we all it. know the famous German novel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Wayne. Uh, that is a good question, by the way. Thank you very Excellent. much. All right, here we go. Uh, Wayne, here's your expert-level question requiring multiple answers. It's yeah. time for your cluster fact. Ooh. Only one person has appeared in three Best Picture winners and won Oscars for acting in two of them. For up to three points, name the actor and name the two films for which he won an acting Oscar and the film won Best Picture. Talk it out, Wayne. Who Are you saying the film, only one of those films won Best Picture? No, no, no. no, no. One, there's one person yeah. who, who, has, who has appeared in three Best Picture winners. So three films that won Best Picture, but he won, and this person won Oscars for acting in two of those. So in other words, the movies won both Best Picture and won this person an acting Oscar. I'm going to guess Spencer Tracy. Mm-hmm. Guess who's coming to dinner? I don't know. I'm going to say I don't know. I'm going to pass on all All right. Those. So again, Spencer Tracy, guess who's coming to dinner, and I don't know. And I don't know. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us if they're correct for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is a box office analyst for Exhibitor Relations Company, an author of several books on movies, and the founder of the website Film Radar. It's Carrie Bible. Carrie Bible, ladies Carrie. and gentlemen. Carrie, I blew that last question. That's okay. That was actually a very hard one, so it's understandable. Excellent. Uh, hello, Carrie. How are you? Hi. Doing? Thank Hi. you so much for joining us. Thank you. Now, one of the things that you do that uh, we did not mention in your introduction is you are a very specific and interesting tour guide. Tell us about the, the film-related tours that you give. Uh, yeah, I've been the tour guide in-house at Hollywood Forever Cemetery since <gasps> 2002. Wow. I give walking tours um, three times a month publicly and then privately by appointment. And it covers the history of the cemetery, Hollywood history, and tons of classic film stars. And that just are to be clear, good. this is at a cemetery and not at a graveyard. It is at a cemetery. Okay, just making sure. Yes. Uh, There's no church there in Hollywood Forever. <laughs> there's a, a funeral chapel. Um, there's also Paramount Pictures. Yeah, there's, the there's a lot of kind stuff. Of a yeah. Church. yeah. And now tell us a little bit about Film Radar, this website that you found. Uh, film Radar, the website's being redesigned right now, but um, we do a newsletter. It's been going out every Friday for the last 16 years. It covers repertory, revival, and specialty movies playing all over Los Angeles. And we have a new Film Radar newsletter called Film Radar Real Women, where you can see movies directed by women playing on screens all across oh, LA from I a variety that. of genres. So yeah, Very exciting. that's rad. Great. Well, segueing to the Oscars, um, it's interesting because I've noticed, especially since they expanded the category of Best Picture, that mm-hmm. not necessarily the movies that get nominated or certainly the ones that win are necessarily box office hits anymore. And it seemed that that used to be the case. Am I Well, am a I long got, time ago, studios made films that were more artistic. Nowadays, I hate to say this, but studios are basically in the business of making money and art is so far down on the list in terms of they just don't make them that way anymore. So the independents are the ones that are making the Oscar type of films or the mini majors, but like Warner Brothers, Paramount, Universal, they're making Fast and Furious and 
Thor and you know what I'm saying? That's where their, their heart lies nowadays. They're not going to make stuff that's going to win out, at least rarely. Mm. I mean, it's not, it's no longer the way it used to be in terms of that. Interesting. All right, well, let's get to the reason that we have you here tonight as far as our game goes. Uh, you heard the question that we asked Wayne. We wanted him to name the only person who's appeared in three Best Picture winners and won Oscars for acting in two of them. Uh, Helen, let's remind everyone first of the answer that Wayne gave us. Who did Wayne say was that person? Spencer Tracy. And Carrie, is he correct? Uh, he is not correct. Oh, I'm sorry. Who actually was it? It was Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, uh. which probably means he might not get the second part of the question correct. Mm. Uh, did Jack Nicholson and Spencer Tracy appear in a film together? Uh, no. Okay, well, here we go. Helen, what, <laughs> what film did Wayne say was one of the ones that uh, won and fit the category? Wayne said, guess who's coming to dinner? Okay. And is that correct, Carrie? No. No, I'm sorry. No. What were the two movies that we asked? Uh, Jack Nicholson won Best Supporting Actor for Terms of Endearment. 1983. Keep going. And then he won Best Actor or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, and Carrie, what is it that are you working on another book now about movies? I've got some ideas okay. I'm working on. These, these things take a lot of time. Yeah, so I can we'll, we'll have imagine. To see. All right, well, if people want to find out more about your work, or take one of your tours or read, about, read one of your books or go to your website, where can they find out more about you? Um, cemeterytour.com. Ooh. Cool. Cemeterytour.com. Thanks so much. It's Carrie Bible. Thank you. Helen, how about a recap as we go into our final round? Going into the final round, Wayne Fetterman has four points, and Edie Patterson also has four points. Oh, it's going to come down to this. It's anybody's game with our final Fast Facts round coming up. We're going to crown a winner when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. to go fact yourself where our score is Edie Patterson with four points and Wayne Fetterman with four points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you very much, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Could not have a closer game. I looked it up. And now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. <laughs> I'll start with Edie and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Great. Okay. Here we begin. Edie, Beverly Hills has a professional baseball team. False. Correct. Wayne, Beverly Hills has a mayor. True. Correct. Edie, the mayor of Beverly Hills is a woman. True. Correct. Wayne, the mayor of Beverly Hills is a Muslim. False. Correct. Edie, there are wineries in Alaska. True. Yes, correct. Wayne, there is only one letter of the alphabet not to appear in the name of a U.S. state. True. Correct. Edie, Z is the only letter of the alphabet not to appear in the name of a U.S. state. False. Correct. That's right. Arizona is a Z. Wayne, the 50-star U.S. flag was designed by a teenager for a school project. False. Incorrect. No, that is true. Edie, that student received an A for the project. True. Incorrect. No, he got a B minus. <laughs> Wayne, finally, New Hampshire's license plates, which say live for your die, are made by prison inmates. True. Correct. All right, so let's give a nice hand to both Wayne and Edie as Helen tabulates our final score. I hope this is a tie. I hope to God this ended in a tie. <laughs> Helen, are you ready to announce a winner on today's show? I am. It is a tie. Yes. yes. Edie Patterson has eight points, and Wayne Fetterman also has eight points. All right, in that case, we have to go to our first ever tiebreaker oh, on Go no. Back Yourself. We can't just leave it as a tie. Now, here's how our tiebreaker works. The answer is a number. Whoever gets closest to the number wins. Now, we do not play Price is Right style, so no guessing $1. Okay. I'm going to ask the question, think about it, and then I'll ask you to blurt out your answers at the same time on the count of three. <laughs> okay. So don't answer right away. According to the National Park Service, how many steps are inside the Washington Monument? Give it some thought. Steps this in the Washington This is so exciting. Monument. I love a tiebreaker. All right. Do you have your answers in your head? Edie announced yes. Wayne is nodding very subtly. Wayne, Edie, on the count of three, blurt out your answer. One, two, three. 320. <laughs> I believe I heard 320 from Edie and one from Wayne. I was just guessing there's one huge step in there. It's one huge step. All right. The actual answer, 897. That means Edie gets the point. Yeah. Your acting championship is Edie Patterson. Congratulations, Edie. What will you do with your championship? 
I'm going to uh, meet up with Jim Cornette yes. and hit him with a tennis racket. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Tell me when, because I want a videotape. Excellent. All right, that just leaves us to uh, give our guests a chance to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Edie Patterson, what are you going on where people can see you? Um, I perform every week at the Groundlings. All right. And anything on social media or anything you want to promote? Yeah, Edie Patterson, hi. You mean my Instagram stuff? All right, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Edie Patterson, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Wayne Fetterman, what do you have going on? Uh, well, I perform also at uh, the Improv and Largo. I do stand-up, but I'm also doing a benefit for the uh, uh, Anti-Defamation League, uh, which are, and they're doing a Pro-Defamation League benefit the same night. So oh, I know wow. a lot of people, That's a lot of stiff competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, but that's going to be at the Comedy Store, and uh, you can also follow me on something... God, I hate to say follow me. I'm also on Twitter, uh, at Fetterman. At Fetterman. Wayne mm-hmm. Fetterman, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. And you check out the Channeling documentary if you can. It's called The Zen Diaries of Gary Channeling. Mm-hmm. Very good. Wayne yeah. Fetterman, ladies and gentlemen. Very good. You guys are so lucky because your co-host has been Ms. Helen Hong. You can find my performance schedule at HelenHong.com, and you can follow me on the socials at... Funny Helen Hong, because some other girl has my handles. Someone not funny like Ms. Helen Hong. Uh, and me, you can find me on social at uh, J underscore Keith on Twitter and jkeith.net, all spelled out on Instagram. That just leaves me to thank Edie Patterson, Wayne Fetterman, Jim Cornette, Carrie Bible, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. <laughs> Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Izzy Girl did. She said, funny, factual, and a great perspective on trivia questions. You will actually have fun trying to figure out the answers. Well, thanks, Izzy Girl. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Adam Needif, Bob Spear, Stan Taffel, Emma Baumpower, Mike Avianos, Kurt Carley, Daniela Zeltzer, and Mark Johnson. I've been Helen Hong. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.